Uh, well, let me ask you this, Tim. Uh, do you have any plans to release our previous episode to the feed? What was it, like six months ago? I even bugged you about it when we were in Biloxi. Hey, when are you going to drop the, the episode? When was Biloxi? It was back in... Come on. Happy National Blackjack Day. Uh, happy National Blackjack Day to you. I, I'll say happy today, March 2nd, 3-2. And uh, when we get to June 5th, I'll <laughs> also tweet something out. Happy <laughs> Pathetic Jack Blackjack Day. Uh, yeah. Casino Blackjack Day. So. <laughs> yeah. He, um, uh, yeah. Whatever uh, Whatever th- that day may be. But uh, I figured, uh, you know, there's the, Blackjack is something you see in a lot of movies and, and, and uh, TV scenes uh, when it comes to casino uh, environments and stuff like that. And I knew that I eventually I wanted to cover the movie 21. I didn't really know what movie to pair it with. And then there were movies that we're going to, they were including here that have scenes. And I, I, I wasn't sure if they were like rain man, who has that very famous scene. Right. But I, I don't, the movie's not really worth covering for this sake. No, just right. Right. Right, so right. Right. I thought this was the best way to take some of those scenes and then pair it with the movie 21 and celebrate national blackjack day uh properly here um good before so let's let's start uh and let's i'm, I'm hoping youtube doesn't kick us for this um the, the, the uh, but this the the clip is short enough let's start with a fantastically hilarious uh clip from austin powers as he sits down to play the game of blackjack all right excuse me <laughs> do you mind if i join you not at all Game is blackjack, gentlemen. $10,000 minimum bet. A king for you, sir, and a three for you. 17. Hit me. You have 17, sir. I like to live dangerously. Four. 21. Five. I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. 20 beats your five. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. <laughs> so that was not in the original, uh, the original lineup, but Zach, listener Zach, uh, suggested that we uh, include it. So I thought we'd just throw it here at the top. Um, I don't really, I don't actually have any any real notes other than I think when it comes to living dangerously, I think hitting the 17 has to technically be a more dangerous move than staying on the five. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, if it, you know, except that he knew it was going to be a four. Right. So how dangerous is it? This <laughs> it's a funny movie and it's a funny scene, but I'll tell you, this may be the worst 
blackjack scene I've ever seen in movies and television as far as authenticity goes. And, you know, you're not watching Austin Powers to see a realistic blackjack game, but still, there's so many bad things about this. It's a $10,000 minimum table <laughs> just in the middle of the casino. I love how he announces it, too. $10,000 minimum, sir. Right, you know, yeah. and so it, does does Austin Powers have $10,000 worth of chips in him? Is he buying in? When they're making the bets, they're clearly $100 chips. Maybe they've put 2000 out there for the bets. So like that then when they deal the dealer gives one card to each player who knows if he gives any cards to himself at that point then gives number two robert wagner plays number two gives number two his second card and then waits for a decision yeah he doesn't move on to austin powers right so then the four comes off the desk then he gives austin powers the second card right to, to make a decision i mean nobody even cared to try to get it right in this that's fine <laughs> uh i love that he was like my 20 beats your five sir <laughs> like that, that takes that away and and yeah who knows and that dealer yes that is uh larry thomas a lot of people will recognize him as the soup nazi yes. from seinfeld i'm sure he's best known for that so so, uh, yeah, so that was uh, a nice little add-on by, by Zach. Zach, thanks for, uh, for mentioning it. I, I wouldn't have thought to, uh, to include it, but um, <laughs> definitely, uh, you're right. It's portrayal of Blackjack is poor, but I think it's definitely, you know, when I ask people on Twitter, like, what, what, what's, a, what's your favorite Blackjack scene? A lot of people mention this uh, because I just think the, I think the live dangerously, the hitting the seven, right, the, yeah. the five, the whole nonsense. Is, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Wow. Staying on a five is living dangerously oh yeah well okay i guess yeah <laughs> all right let's uh let's go in chronological order for the scenes and then we'll end with the movie 21 we are going okay. to begin with the movie rain man rain man uh came out in 1988 uh, with uh, fe featuring Dustin Hoffman, who was the main character in Luck that we have covered, uh, and also Tom Cruise with a number of other uh, um, uh, actors in um, that you'd be familiar with. But the, these two characters uh, are the ones that we're going to see in the in the scene that we're we're focusing on the blackjack scene. Now, the, there's two scenes that I think that are good for context. One is earlier in the movie, a box of toothpicks at a diner falls on the ground. Dustin Hoffman's character Raymond uh, sees the toothpicks and and by the end of the scene has figured out how many toothpicks have landed on the ground. And later they're at another diner and uh, he has memorized the numbers associated with the uh, with the songs on the jukebox rotation thing at their table. And then Tom Cruise's character, Charlie, remembers the toothpicks things and realizes, oh, man, this guy has a brilliant mind. His memory is fantastic. And he, he puts them through the exercise of, of trying, you know, what song is this? And, and then they run out to the car and he's, he's just throwing cards, playing cards down on, on the trunk of the car. Uh, and finally, he has like seven cards left. And he's like, what do I have left? And, uh, and, and Raymond uh, answers it correctly and he's like we're going to vegas baby. we're going to the yeah. casino and that's There's an important scene too because rayman rayman raymond knows nothing about counting cards and he's not even really counting cards in the pure sense he's keeping track of every card so that he knows exactly what cards are left you know card counters they keep a running count yeah. And so they know how many, you know, tens versus non-tens, that kind of thing. But they wouldn't be able to tell you exactly the rank of every single card left. And that's what Raymond is able to do. Exactly. 
So, um, he, oh, I'm sorry. Um, he tells, um, uh, it, it's an interesting system that they have when they finally, when it when, when that he's trying to set up, he says bet one, if it's bad two if it's good, right? So he's setting up sort of a counter big player scenario where, uh, Raymond's playing the counter and his only signal to Charlie is one chip. If it's, if it's not a good count, two chips, if it is. And then of course, Charlie, Tom Cruise is the one who's playing, um, uh, that's playing the big money. He says, yeah. never show that you're counting cards. It's a cardinal sin. I love that. He like, tries like not do anything bad, but don't tell anybody that that's what we're doing. They're in Vegas. They get suits and they go down the escalators. It's a, uh, it's been mimicked in, in other movies, uh, and one we'll talk about later. They go down the escalator to the tables. They walk up to an empty table, and the first hand is Raymond has a uh, has an eighteen, and he asks to hit. And, and Charlie's like, No, no, no! You don't want to hit. You don't want a card. He doesn't want a card. But of course, the dealer has to listen to the player, and and Raymond is like, No, hit me, hit me, hit me. And of course, he ends up getting a queen. Charlie's very upset. He's like, hey, I needed that queen. And Raymond says, well, there's a lot of them. (laughs) 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 He's like, there's there's a lot of them. And Charlie realizes, oh, snap, this is still a 10 rich rich deck. And uh, he takes, uh, he he, he doubles down. He gets his, uh, he gets uh, another queen. Another queen comes uh, to bust the dealer's hand. Uh, and and the table wins and well I guess the table doesn't win if uh, if, if but you get the uh, yeah and, wins his bet and you know this is a kind of a scene that is teaching the audience along you know basically how blackjack works and what they're trying to do that kind of a thing I have a couple problems with the hand number one why did Raymond take a card if he thought there were a lot of queens left in the deck I think he understands how the game works. And then number two, you know, Tom Cruise's character, Charlie, he's got an 11 versus a four. Yeah. I mean, you're going to double down anyway, right? Yeah. So it's not like, oh, there are queens left? Well, I'll double down. So, you know, I, this is me nitpicking, right? And again, right. You're, you're teaching the audience in this situation, but I, I wish that hand had gone a little bit differently. Uh, the system is essentially, like I said, Charlie's the big player. Raymond is the bet signal. They are making a killing. Uh, a player at the table says, "What's your secret, guys?" Like every, everybody's like, everybody's all hooped. There's one, of, you know, there's a crowd, right? This always happens in these types of uh, scenes when there's a lot of money that it draws a crowd. I've never seen a crowd. Have you ever seen, ever seen a crowd? <laughs> uh, there was a crowd. Our friend Paul went on a run at the blackjack table, completely drunk. And a crowd did develop behind him to the point where they brought a security guard over oh, wow. to make sure that Paul would be okay because, again, he was wasted. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pit calls the eye in the sky, and nothing. But they're not. They're not figuring anything out. And this is such a great line when you think about modern day card counting. The, the surveillance guy says, "There's no one in the world that can count into a six deck shoe." And it, it's it's such a uh, it's such a great line because of what we obviously what we know what card counters are capable of. Uh, but I, yeah. I wonder if in 1988, you know, that was a fallacy in in surveillance. Uh, I don't know if it was a fallacy in surveillance, but people in the know knew that yeah, you could count down an eight deck shoe. Yeah, it it's another line that you know doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and again. He's not just counting it down. He's, you know, keeping track of every single card, but they don't know it at that point. Yep. 
Uh, James asks, uh, what is that jersey behind you? Let's see if I can. Uh, that is a wrong direction. That is a Pete Rose jersey. Can't the, the light's kind of harsh on it, but uh, one of the, my one of my first times that I uh, went to Las Vegas, Pete Rose was signing autographs in one of those uh, sports shops. Yeah. And the the deal was, you just you had to buy some merchandise and he'd sign it. That was the deal. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I great ambassador him. for the gambling uh, world. <laughs> yeah, so that so. Mark, that was my, I was like, you know what? I'm not really, I'm not really much of like the, like, let me put a bunch of sports, sports uh, memorabilia around me. But I was like, if there's anything I'm going to hang on my office wall, it might as well be the most infamous gambler in sports history. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's why that's, and I do, uh, yes, James, I do like baseball. Um, and I thought having a Pete Rose jersey was very fitting for, uh, for I me. Mean, this was, you know, long before the better life, but yeah, I thought it was very fitting. Very good. So they they're in the bar lounge. Oh, they walk up to a uh, Wheel of Fortune uh, game, right? The we know it as Big Six right now, uh, and and he's calling it Wheel of Fortune. He says twenty twenty. It's going to be twenty. He's and and he uh, Tom Cruise Charlie bite. He quickly puts three grand down and doesn't land on twenty. Raymond gets very upset with himself, and it was a really interesting scene because you don't really pick up on why he was at it, like why he was convinced it was going to be twenty. Uh, they kind of moved past. I was, I was waiting for there to be some sort of like ink, like you know, understanding on why he was because it's as far as we know, that's not how his brain works, right? Like we know he does memorization. I guess maybe he could have, maybe he, you know, he was calculating spin rate or whatever. But um, it, it, I was, it, I, I didn't really quite pick up on why he was so convinced that it was twenty. Yeah, how does that move the story along? I, I guess yeah. you, you kind of alluded to it. It's like okay, his brain doesn't work that way. He can't, you know, see the speed of the wheel and anticipate what's going to happen. It's more about uh, taking snapshots of things and capturing things and knowing the uh, the days of the week for specific dates in the past, you know, kind of that autistic savant um, quality. So, yeah, maybe. And then the last thing I have here, they go to, oh, I guess, two things. Um they they go to a lounge and Raymond and a hooker starts hitting on Raymond and Raymond just straight says we're counting cards and that's just like she's like what are you doing we're counting cards we're count we're counting cards we're counting cards and I was just like <laughs> there's there's one way to get people someone's attention just keep on telling them we're counting cards <laughs> and then uh, they ultimately go up to the high roller suite which is something that gets mentioned in another movie we're gonna talk about later um, and and it, Charlie affectionately puts his bed up by the window which is a big piece in the in the uh in the movie um yeah she's very that's right she's very sparkly that's right he uh raymond was very into her necklace uh that she was playing with because it was very sparkly um but that's rayman that's that blackjack scene for as kind of basic as it is right we see the 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 queen situation but other than that we don't really get any other scenarios at the table right it's in just sort of the the, the the sort of the hoopla we're winning the eye in the sky and they're like it just sort of goes through all the motions we don't really get any other plot points in that that game other than the queen situation but it's it's got to be one of the most famous blackjack mm. scenes in film right absolutely and there's nothing i think technically uh wrong with the scenes again there, whenever you do see a scene like when people are counting cards they're winning like crazy when in reality counting cards and even if you were keeping track like rain man was and you know how many you know the exact cards that are left it's still a grind you know maybe you'll go on a run like that maybe not but again you know that's the movies 
the only other thing um, is th this is kind of strange. You know, they they basically kick them out of the casino, and for some reason they approach Charlie when they're about to go into a bar. They don't like go to his room or contact him. It's just sort of, oh, yeah. there they are at the bar. Let's you know he gets called back to security and. They ask him to leave. I don't know. It, again, you know, when you're making a movie, you want to make it interesting, and maybe it's not going to be quite realistic. So, yeah, Wade pointing out uh, he does have that uh, interaction, and uh, that's sort of that's what sort of Mark's talking about there that he uh, that he, he was being uh, accused of an illegal act. I I did forget that in my uh, in my notes. Yeah, but, and and it's yeah. interesting because it's Charlie Tom Cruise's character. Who? Yeah, are you accusing me of an illegal act? So none none of the security, none of the personnel at the casino call it an illegal act. So at least that's correct right. at least that's true <laughs> yeah um okay anything else on rain man you know the only other thing i'd say is that the pit bosses seemed very real they didn't seem like actors <laughs> <laughs> they seemed like pit bosses maybe just reading lines so that was a bit of verisimilitude too that i liked i like the pit bosses yeah okay we are moving to the 1996 film swing. Oh, by the way, uh, I watched this. Uh, I watched Rain Man on HBO Max. So if anybody wants yes, to see it, yes. mm -hmm. that's, where, that's where I watched it. Uh, Swingers, which I ended up watching on Paramount Plus, I believe, um, yep. came out in 1996. It features Vince Vaughn, Jan, uh, John, is it Favreau? I think Favreau, it John Favreau, Favreau yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ron Livingston. Uh, Favreau, I believe, wrote the screenplay for this. Uh huh. Film? Yes, yep. he did. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of his first big thing. He wasn't a known entity, and now he's known for, you know, directing as a director, really, more than anything else, directing Marvel movies and, and what have you. But this was, well, him and Vince Vaughn and kind of Ron Livingston to a certain extent, kind of a first exposure to, um, you know, America, pop culture. But uh, yeah, and I think a very funny film. And Swingers, uh, of course, it's not about, you know, Swingers like, uh, you know, going out and uh, swapping wives or something like that. It had to do with the uh, swing dance movement that kind of yeah. had a, a resurgence in the nineties. Big, so, yeah. big band era. Yeah, uh, exactly. The nineties. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it, it, there's a lot of, uh, I'll say the lot. There's at least two uh, big bad voodoo daddy tracks um, in, um, in this. By the way, yeah. I saw big bad voodoo daddy live one time here in Alexander, uh -huh. Virginia. Fantastic. Concert. I'll bet. Oh, Fantastic. that's Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, uh, there's a theme to the show to the movies that I both thought was there when I selected them and then discovered was in fact there through it. So we watched Rain Man. Here is an, right away a reference to Rain Man at the beginning of this. They're in the car going to Vegas. Uh, that is uh, John um, uh, Favreau and, and, and Vaughn. Uh, Mike and Trent are their uh, characters' names. And Vince Vaughn says they're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Right away, we have a pop culture reference to one of the most famous blackjack scenes in film. Uh, and then, of course, anybody who listens to Vegas podcasts is familiar with the we'll be up five hundred by midnight uh, line on their way to Vegas. I know it has nothing to do with blackjack. Scene, yeah, that's where but it's too, too rooted <laughs> in our community to not bring that up. Oh, yeah, that's where they got the name for the show. And there you go. Yep. By the way, one of the more clever uh, names for a podcast in this uh, uh, in this space. As soon as I heard I agree, it, I, was like, I agree. That's brilliant. And you know, Tim, not you, Tim, but Tim over <laughs> Five Hundred. He he eventually also added a uh, Vegas podcast to the name of it uh, yep. smartly because if you just saw that, you might not know what the show is about. But yeah, great name for a podcast. Yep. 
Uh, so they walk up to their, so they, they walk in there, they're suited up because they think that if they look uh, like high rollers and act like high rollers, they'll be treated like high rollers. And they end up, they end up going to Stardust, which we all think about Stardust. We romanticize Stardust, but we forget that at, in its last years was kind of a dump. Um, it was uh, not yeah, some... Yeah. Yeah, right. Like as for as as much as all of us say, oh, we wish we could have gone, we could go back to the Stardust once. Let's admit it; it was it was not you know as glamorous as I think we as we make it out in, in our heads when we when we think back to what the Stardust was. But they they walk up to their first table, and it's awkward immediately. Uh, Favreau plays this this uh, this scenario perfectly. He walks up; he clearly doesn't like quite know what to do. He like he's counting out his three hundred dollars at least two or three times, like counting it one yeah, way. Yeah, he's trying to. Minutes. When he first gets there, he's trying to pretend like he's a high roller. So he says something yeah. like, eh, "How about we start out with three hundred? And then, yeah, he just com- cannot complete the facade because he just keeps counting. He doesn't know that he's supposed to put his money down on the table. He can't hand it to the dealer. Just on and on and on. Yep. He, uh, the dealer even says, you know, lay down on the table. And he's like, oh, I don't want to bet at all. Uh, and he's right, like, he's well, sir, I, I, I can't take, I can't, you can't just take your money. Uh, it's changed 300. It's all, it's three black chips. And they were kind of hoping for something smaller. And they're pointed to a very crowded table of unique characters. Uh, and they they're, they're not interested. So they decide to sit down and play. Uh, they order yeah, at drink- this hundred dollar minimum table, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they're playing at a hundred dollar minimum table. They have three black chips to play with. Uh, they order drinks, and uh, in John Favreau's character, I always forget the uh, Mike. He orders. He's trying to order scotch, and he says, "You know, Glenn, Glenn any Glenn, any Glenn. <laughs> That's how he orders the scotch. Any Glenn." <laughs> Uh, he's dealt an 11 and Mike Vince Vaughn's character or Trent, I'm sorry, Vince Vaughn's character immediately is like, you got to double down. You got to double down. He doubled down here. And it's so Vince Vaughn, the way he's delivering it too, yeah, right? right? You got to yeah. double down. You got to do it. And they're, they're arguing, they're arguing. Finally, boom, he doubles down. He gets a seven to make it 18. And, and Trent says 18. That's good. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, that is a that is one of the biggest misconceptions in blackjack um with anywhere with any player is the idea that 18 is a good hand. It's not a bad hand, but the average dealer hand, I think, is somewhere is is between 18 and 19, right? It's like 18 and a half or something like that. So an like 18 is a lose less kind of hand to stay on. It's not really a good hand. It's a misconception a lot of blackjack players have. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. And, you know, one way to think of it is it beats only one hand. It only beats a 17. The only way you're going to win other than beating a 17 is if the dealer busts. Yeah, you could tie. I mean, that's another option too. But yeah, I'm glad that you said that. And that's why so many people misplay a 7 soft 18 in blackjack because... They think, oh, it's a good hand. And certainly against a 10 or an ace, no, it is not. Yep. Uh, which is why one of the, like, when you get a, like, hitting a soft 18 against a 10 is a good play, right? Because an 18 isn't actually a good hand. And you have the, you have the, the leeway there to try to improve your hand. Um, anyways, uh, happy National Blackjack Day. Uh, the dealer draws a 21. We've, we, we've all been there. We've all seen it. Uh, when it happens, you're like, yeah, I've been there. They ended up going to the smaller table um, across the pit, 
And the older lady at uh, at third base, she is then dealt an 11. As, as Vince Vaughn and John Favreau are talking about the decision to have doubled down, now this lady gets an 11. As, as they're pretty much saying, we always got to double down an 11. She chooses to not double down, but instead draws all the way to a 21. <laughs> yeah, doesn't she hit a 17? Uh, yes. Kind of like number yes. two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, only she's just this sweet old lady doesn't even know you know exactly what she's doing and the player next to her is like you know going no oh, stay stay and she hits the 21 and everybody applauds and then just on top of it a pit bo- or like a, a host comes over and says oh you know would you like some breakfast can i get you anything and mike and trent you know who tried to get all this free stuff instead it's going to this sweet old lady who doesn't really know what she's doing at a at the you know a, a one of the lower limit tables she is then comped breakfast. So here they are hoping to have gotten anything for free. They are down because of this $100 minimum table. And they watch this old lady kind of go against their own principles on on this double down and then also get comped to breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just want to point out, John Favreau has an obnoxiously short tie in this. Uh, in these, in these <laughs> his, his tie is like, like just barely below his sternum. Uh, it's really short. <laughs> Um, and I imagine that was a that was on purpose to, to maybe I don't know to, to show maybe how little he dressed up or whatever. But um, the, the the next there's still casino scenes here, but we are we are done with the blackjack scene. Do you have anything else to to comment on this scene? Uh, just a couple of things. Even though they're clearly filming in Stardust, I think based on some of the dialogue, it's supposed to be Caesar's Palace because there's a, a line early on where it's like, oh, Caesar's isn't what it used to be, or something like that. And it's clearly not Caesar's Palace, but go back and listen to it. I, I I rewound a couple of times and even looked at a transcript of it where they mentioned Caesar's. But um, anyway, so the I so you're right. I do remember them mentioning Caesar's, but I could have sworn you see it as a stardust as they're pulling up. Uh, you know, I don't know that you see any signage. Uh, okay. There is a clip right beforehand where they're turning onto the strip and Caesars is there. Yeah. And okay. but then when they pull into the Porcachere, it's obviously not Caesars. But anyway, it's kind of a it's a little nitpicky point. It's not that important, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, a couple more things. I love on the drive. You know, they get very excited. Vegas, baby, Vegas. And then I, I, you know, I don't know if this director or Favreau put this in, but there's a short segment after that where it's just them driving and it's kind of dull. And I love that because anybody yeah. who's driven to Vegas from Southern California knows you can get pretty excited, but then there's just a long, long stretches of nothing, you know, driving through the desert where it's like, there's nothing to talk about anymore. You can't get excited. So I'm glad they put that there. And then finally, and this is, uh, you know, all the films are guilty of this. When you see them driving in Vegas, usually down the strip and it's sort of a, sometimes it's a montage, but sometimes it's supposed to be, Oh, here goes the drive you know, the geography is not quite right. You know, they drive past Riviera and then suddenly they're down yeah. by, you know, Mandalay Bay, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, every film's guilty of that. So in 2012, I drove my motorcycle from Sacramento, California to Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did so by way of staying it. I ha- I knew people across the entire States. And so I just could, I sort of did a zigzag, like uh, to just go to where I had somewhere to stay. And one of the places that I stayed was in Las Vegas. And so it was one of the, and if you think that part of the trip is boring in a car, 
Wait till you do it in like 95 degree heat on a motorcycle. I could not have been, dude. I I must have been doing like 105 when I saw Vegas in the in the in the um off in the distance. I was like, okay, I need to get there. <laughs> now that I see it, it's like just get me once. There. You, yeah, yeah, see yeah. it. The only other thing I'll say that in the comments here, Anthony uh, said that fun fact: the older couple at the blackjack table in this movie are his yeah. parents. I assume that's John Favreau's parents. So, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's great. Yeah, it's cool. Anything else on on, uh, on swingers here? Nope. I think that's all I got. Okay, very good. Let's move on to... I'll just say oh. this. Oh, one last thing. It's easily my favorite Blackjack scene of any of them that we're talking about here, including all the scenes in 21, because it's okay. just so funny. I love it. Just the counting of it, and they don't know what they're doing, and you know the old lady getting the comp. I Yeah, it's my favorite of all of them. Okay, uh, it's um, I, I I love the way he plays that awkwardness when he when he yeah. uh, when he walks up for sure. Okay, now let's talk about the Hangover, which came out in two thousand and nine, I believe. Yeah, two thousand and nine. Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, Todd Phillips directed it. Uh, it is a uh, Ken jo- uh, Ken Jong's in it. Um, huge blockbuster comedy, and it's easily one of my favorite shows or f- favorite movies that has the setting of Las Vegas. It is hilarious. We're not gonna, we're, you know, two and three notwithstanding, we're not gonna, we're not gonna blame right. them for a horrible sequels. <laughs> right. The the original was fantastic. Yes, I agree. They are. Uh, they also are doing that trip, that drive to Las Vegas, and um, you know, this isn't a this isn't a blackjack. This is this doesn't have anything to do with the blackjack, but I had to bring it up because it's one of my favorite lines in a uh, Vegas or casino themed movie. The dad of the bride, when she can't get a hold of him, says, well, you know, he's probably on a heater and you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. <laughs> that is so great that you mentioned that because I didn't watch the whole movie, you know, for our yeah. discussion here. But I did see that scene. And, yeah, I thought that was great, too. Yeah, so great. Uh, he is. Uh, and what I love about it is the idea because he presumably paid for this wedding. And so I love that he is kind of okay with this, that like he can excuse the wedding kind of being botched if it meant that he was on a heater in Vegas. I like to think that that's the kind of dad I'll be. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so um, on their on their drive to Vegas, uh, Zach's character, I, should, I need to start putting down uh, Alan, of course. Yeah, a- yeah. Alan is reading the world's greatest blackjack book is reading on the way to Vegas. And anybody who listens to, uh, I think is what Vegas confessions. Is that, uh, is that the, the, the podcast that, um, that used to have, um, the, you know, it's not illegal. It's frowned upon like masturbating on an airplane. That's, uh, oh yeah. That yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. That, that is Vegas confessions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, the Doug says, you know, I don't think you should really be gambling. And he's like, well, it's not really gambling when you know you're going to win. Card count, counting cards is a foolproof system. At Helms quickly is like, well, it's also illegal. It's just not illegal. It's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane, or masturbating on an airplane. And it made me nostalgic for, uh, for, back in the days of uh shane and eric and and julian <laughs> uh vegas confessions yeah. yeah 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 yep um but they uh they 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 get to vegas watch well, oh, uh my next thread here um they said you uh doug says we have to be super smart to count cards and and alan says well no rain man did it and he's a retard <laughs> 
I'm, I don't agree with the, with the with the with the vocabulary there, but another Rain Man reference in uh, in a Vegas or casino themed uh, movie or yes. scene. Yes. So fast forward, they need money and they got 10 grand to do it with. And uh, Alan finds his blackjack book and he's like, guys, let's do this. So they begin descending down an escalator, which is another callback. To, in my, I believe it was a callback. Oh, to, absolutely. To the yeah, rain, that's to, an iconic scene from Rain Man. And yeah, right. they're, they're parodying it. Yep. So Alan is counting. He, he, what I love is Alan is counting cards while standing behind the table, which is kind of a pro move, right? Like it, 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 <laughs> you're, you're giving yourself away, obviously. Like when I, when I say it's a pro move, it showed that he was that like he clearly knew ex- like what he was trying to do, right? That he couldn't just sit down and immediately start winning, right? They had to show him entering the table at a good time for this whole like let's make money yeah. and counting cards yeah. to make sense. He sits down. What I love, what I love though, is he's mouthing the count <laughs> while it's happening. <laughs> and anybody who I, I think all of us have been sitting down at a blackjack table before, and you look over and you're like, that guy's clearly counting cards. And I know because he's mouthing the count. Um, I don't think he's being as subtle as he thinks he is. That's even on the Vegas Confessions, right? It's Eric Rosenthal actually says it in their new intro that you know he sees somebody yeah. at third base clearly counting, mouthing the count. Yep. Yep. When the count's good, he sits down and he buys in for 10 k. The dealer at the table is our friend Keith Lyle, who's been on a number of these podcasts in his community. He was on an early episode of The Better Life. Uh, he uh, he sits down and he is the dealer for uh, uh, the dealer for this game. Um, Ed Helms' character sits down with his stripper wife, and they are also sort of playing co big players uh, to uh, to get action in here. My favorite part of this entire scene is Bradley Cooper's commentary and antics behind the table as this whole montage is going on all the way up to him flipping off the security camera while they're winning (laughs) it's great he splits fives and he gets announced splitting fives and what i love is this is a big basic strategy no no but it's it's an interesting choice from the writers here because i think had they gone with splitting tens i think an average player wouldn't have realized that that is a quote unquote pro move right like like i think splitting tens is something you see enough novice players to doing that i don't know if it would have been as obvious of like oh they're doing something that is in his like in what he's learned about counting cards and playing blackjack anyways maybe i'm reading a little maybe i'm giving him too much credit maybe i mean i'll go along with what you're saying only because nothing else makes sense you never split fives i don't care what the count is (laughs) you know splitting fives is something you never do it's mm-hmm. a 10. If anything, you're going to double down in yeah. many situations. Yeah, right, right, right. So I guess your explanation is as good as any because it doesn't make sense any other right. way. Not, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's a pro move. I'm saying using it as a way of showing like, oh, he's playing differently. Right, again, which to is, teach the audience. Yeah, Right, mm-hmm. which is why the pit boss is getting interested in what he's doing. Right. Um, and they... Uh, the, the pit boss comes over, the stripper wife falls over as a distraction so the other ones can break it, and uh, and that's it. That's scene. Um, overall, I really thought I really thought this was a really good blackjack scene. Like I just, like I you know, both with the the way that Alan steps up, he as Zach points out, wonging it by standing behind, counting and then jumping in. Uh, you know, the the having like the big the co-big players at the table buying in on it and the, but they're not actually engaging as friends. Like I I thought it was a pretty sharp blackjack scene for the most part. And I want to note that Stu did tip the tip the dealer as he left. 
That's very good. You know, the only only other thing I'll add is some of the comedy is the graphics, all these numbers and equations kind of, you know, going on in the screen as Zach Galifianakis' characters, you know, trying to figure it out. And some of it's just plus five, plus seven, then there are things under screw signs and all sorts of things. Again, just another funny part of it. Um, okay. Anything else here from, from Hangover? No, I have nothing else from this scene. I took very <laughs> few notes of this. That's fine. I, I, thought, I don't have much to say here, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, then are we on to onto our feature here? Let's get to it. Okay. The movie 21, which is a ad- adaptation of the book um, Bringing Down the House, uh, which was a book. I'm sorry. I was going to say very loose adaptation. They yes. take many, many liberties here. I wouldn't even say based on, I'd say inspired by. So. Okay. That's, that's a good point. Inspired by. But, but you're right. Bringing down the house is the true story of the real yes. MIT blackjack team. Yes. Yes. Um, I will get to my comments on how it was adapted afterwards. Let's get, we'll get to the, the movie uh, first here. Okay. Um, and of course, I mean, I say, of course, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these actors, I don't know if many people even would recognize now, right? Um, I don't know if yeah. they really, you know, Kevin Spacey, of course, um, right. was, is the big one, Lawrence Fishbourne, the other, but yeah. every, every other one of these, uh, members of the cast, I had to look them up to see what else I might've seen them in. Um, yeah. You know, um, Kate Bosworth to a certain extent, cer- certainly Josh Gad has had a lot of success in comedies. He's one of the minor characters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, the opening talks about the lore of winner, winner, chicken dinner and how counting cards is not illegal. It's frowned upon and how it's only for gifted minds. And I noticed uh, Planet Hollywood really got their money's worth on logo placement all over this uh, this movie, not just with all of the scenes that take place in Planet Hollywood, but there's a lot of scenes that have the Planet Hollywood logo just randomly in it. Yep. Um, the main character is enrolled at MIT. He's accepted the Harvard Med, and he's trying to get money to pay for this. And we're in class. We're in class with Kevin Spacey. Uh, his character Mickey is uh, is the professor here, and he runs the money, the Monty Ball problem. And Monty for- Hall. Monty Hall. Oh, why did I say Monty yeah. Ball? Um, I'm sorry. Oh, because I have a I have a, I have it typed here. Monty Monty Ball. Monty Hall. Sorry. Uh, Monty Hall hosted. Let's make a deal. And it the and it, it's this you know typical game show. It was the you know pick a car or you know pick a door and you might get a car. You might get a goat. Right. There's one. There's a car behind one door. Goats behind the other. You would pick one. He would reveal an empty one or not an empty one. He reveal a goat. And then give you the option if you wanted to switch or not. And this became a very popular um, uh, problem or, or solved because once someone figured out that the probability it now made it better for you to always want to change after giving the option, it essentially it essentially broke the game and they and 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 uh, kind of destroyed the whole um, the. It, it, I mean. Am I, am I getting that wrong? I mean, I wasn't really around for uh, let's make a deal, but that, that's that's how I understand the the story behind it. Well, the this it's not based on anything that really happened in Let's Make a Deal, so it didn't it didn't bust Let's Make a Deal. In in fact, if you look at some of those old Let's Make a Deals, there were usually two good prizes and one bad one. So this was just a problem that somebody came up with. Uh, I will say, yeah, it's been very controversial over the years because even mathematicians have argued over it. But you're right. You should always change. And I'm glad in this movie that uh, Kevin Spacey's character emphasized that the host 
knew where the car was because it's very important that the host is revealing a goat and not just opening a random door that could have the car in it. Right. So that's a a key part to it because if you leave that out, then it really is a a 50-50 decision whether you switch or not. I won't go into the math beyond that, but, you know, go ahead and look it up. I I will say that recently uh, they have used the Monty Hall program on a couple episodes of Survivor. And sort of ironically, the uh, players have always stuck with their original decision. And in each case, they've that was the right decision. You know, they've won. So they actually beat the odds. And in one case, one of the other uh, players even knew, oh, it's the Monty Hall problem. He should switch. But, uh, you know, he didn't and kept it. So anyway, I'm glad you mentioned that because the Monty Hall problem, I got into arguments with friends, you know, over the years. And at one point even had to write a a computer program to show, look, here's what happens. And to show that it's, it's that big of a difference. So anyway, moving on. I had a college professor bring up this in class, and I am, and the only reason I knew it was because I'd seen the movie Twenty One. And uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, James, you're pointing out that uh, the, that the movie was at Hard Rock. Yes, it, it is. Uh, they are at Hard Rock for a good portion of it, but they are in Planet Hollywood just as much as they are in Hard Rock. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. In yeah. fact, that is where um, Lawrence Fishburne's character works. He right. even keeps talking about, "Hey, hey, Planet Hollywood's the, our last client." So yeah, right. So uh, Ben. Uh, the main character impresses Mickey with this this his understanding of the Monty Hall problem, and uh, and so Spacey has him recruit uh, Mickey has him recruited by another student from the MIT blackjack team, and uh, they they bring him into a uh, into a classroom. I can't say with a hundred percent certainty, uh, Mark, because I was relying on what I could find on Google and through other people at MIT. But when I visited MIT. Uh, years ago, I was up in Boston for the MIT Slo- uh, Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. My friend was attending MIT at the time, and I was like, look, I only want to do – there's one thing I want to do here. I want to see the MIT Blackjack Room. So he did as much research as he could, and he was like, I'm pretty confident that this is it. Uh, I don't know with 100% certainty, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it, and the gambler in me was very satisfied by that. So they're in this room, and Mickey gives him a brief introduction to the game of Blackjack and a hasty pitch on joining the team. Notice there's a Planet Hollywood hat on the table. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, um, and one of the one someone mentions it's the number one game in the world, and I remember and like at first I was like no, but I guess that has to be true. Like I guess my my instinct is always say Bakrock because the Asian gaming community, but um, I, I guess when you go through Europe and stuff like that, I guess like. I, Blackjack yeah, as far as as far as popularity game. goes, yeah. Now, if you're talking about income for the casinos, it's going to be Baccarat for sure. But yeah, as far as just yeah, it's it's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pennies for pennies for pennies for Vegas in the house. Enjoying the content. Good to have you, my friend. Uh, so the girl visits him at his job to recruit him. She's saying that she grew up on it and that it doesn't involve as much strategy as people think. And she says the best thing about Vegas is you can become anyone you want do you think that do you think that you know almost 15 years later do you think that allure of vegas still exists the idea that you can become anyone you want yeah i do yeah i definitely do yeah i think it's a and i think they market it that way and i think people feel that way yeah i think that still applies yeah Okay. We're back in the classroom and the team has, um, they've <laughs> they, they got four people who have been doing this for who knows how long they have all somehow lost the count of this like practice that they're doing. And Mickey gets upset. And I like, this is, this is the, this is one of the scenes where I'm like, how has this happened? So 
here are the experienced professionals at this. None of them can seem to keep a simple high-low count. And Ben, who's never done this before, sitting off in the corner, happens to know the perfect answer. Whatever. Um, you know, it happens later in the movie, too. When I think it's even when Ben, his first trip with them, they go to Vegas, and it's like, he they're all messing up they're all or you know being kind of childish about it it just doesn't make sense that yeah and and in fact kevin spacey's character is lecturing him like you know no you do this you do this and it's like wait haven't they been doing this for a long time yeah a little inconsistent there yeah eh, whatever uh now we hmm. see some different scenes of him uh he's he's learning uh he's learning the code names we even see him reading the book beat the dealer by edward thorpe which is uh one of the most popular books on blackjack it was a nice placement i thought by the um uh, nice the, placement the, it's probably here. not the book that uh you know you'd be reading today um right. it, it would be maybe more something that you go back and read you know sort of for historical context but yeah that is a nice touch yeah uh, he's walking with Mickey, and Mickey brings up facial recognition software and how it's going to be the end of card counters, right? Mm -hmm. And this is actually, uh, this is sort of um, a part of Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne um, is, uh, is, is named Cole in the movie. And that's sort of what he's up against is like he, the, his surveillance team is losing clients to this like new software. And you cut to Cole beating the living crap out of a card counter and says, if you want to card counts, card if you want to count cards, do it in Atlantic city, which I thought was a really nice touch because in New Jersey, you can't bar card counters. And uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that's right. And this whole facial recognition does play a major role in the plot. And I've got to say this, you know, facial recognition, I mean, it's getting better. It's going to get to the point where, yeah, it's going to be scary and they'll recognize, but it's still not there yet. And it certainly wasn't there in 2008. So yeah. You know, this is pretty unrealistic that these security personnel are losing jobs to just this software, this facial recognition software. So, okay, probably the most painful scene uh, that I saw, the most painful dialogue, I guess, in the whole movie for me. They're at a diner and they're arguing about splitting eights. Oh, Mark, dear. in what scenario do you not split eights? You always split eights. I can't always. understand why this, maybe in some situations you would surrender. If it was like multi-deck and yes. dealer hits off 17, okay, maybe you surrender, something like that. But why did they include this, this completely erroneous statement? I mean, it's kind of a throwaway. They're arguing. It doesn't take, the, it's maybe just a couple of seconds. But And oh. what they're really messed up is Jill's making a case for why you wouldn't split eights against a 10, and then Mickey agrees with her. Yeah. So, so the team's consensus is, like, this is a professional blackjack team, and the consensus is you don't split eights? Okay. I mean. I, I don't I understand where this came from. You know, there, for all of its faults, this movie is pretty consistent with you know they teach again this is they're teaching the audience what card counting means you know and it's sort of you know expository conversation it's, it's they, they do a pretty good job of it it's not like you're being lectured but then you have to have this completely wrong thing in there and uh, you know just for for viewers and listeners too the thing about splitting eights especially against a 10 or an ace that is not an offensive move that is a defensive move that is right. a losing hand you're going to lose on that hand in the long run and splitting eights allows you to lose less in the long run yep. yeah a very strange thing to have included in the movie yep uh that, that's essentially what, what surrendering is right people ask why do you surrender well i lose less money when i surrender right, right? right. Yeah. A, yeah okay exactly. yeah I, I, I could potentially win the hand and there's no way i'm going to win the hand when i surrender 
but you're playing the long game. Yep. Yep. Um, so his trial run is in a back room of an underground casino. He buys him for 300. He's very giddy that he wins his first hand. Uh, a couple more hands goes by. He gets, he gets the bag thrown over his head, dragged into some back room, and asks what the count is. He's right, and he's on the team, just like that. <laughs> That's right. The team still doesn't know what to do with eights, but boy, he's on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still can't down, count down a single deck, you know, when in yeah. a controlled environment when their mentor is just doing it right in front of them. But, you know, yeah, this the first time you watch this, you're like, man, he's really buying into Ben a lot. He's really giving, like, Fisher should really, and then you watch it again, you're like, this is probably why he bought into Ben's. He's like, oh, God, a competent count card found <laughs> finally for my team. Yeah. Um, He makes a comment, we're counting cards, we're not gambling, right? That is a, um, you know, that is something, you know, I've mentioned before, one of the more difficult things about having APs on The Better Life is, you know, they really sh- stick to the non-gambling like the non-gambling philosophy right like it is about playing an advantage playing a expected value and it just doesn't resonate with a recreational gambler right to never have a bit of gamble in you um and so um i like kind of like that they made sure to point out that like this is about the math this isn't about some thrill of gambling yes Uh, they're traveling with cash. They're stuffing it down his underwear. He's nervous going through security. Uh, we've heard horror stories about this, right? If you've heard, listen to Gambling with the Edge plenty of times, you've heard uh, people talk about traveling with money, and it's awful. It makes me never want to travel with more than a couple of dimes on me. Like I would, yeah. it, it makes me so scared. Yeah. Uh, but 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 the one thing I don't like about the scene, he's like two steps away from the from the metal detector, and she's like, "Sir." You forgot your bag. When has TSA ever pointed out that they don't know which bags? Never. Go. And, you know, come. it's a manipulative scene. You know, you can tell yeah. that he's not in trouble, that it's going to be something else, right, as he starts to panic. Oh, there's plenty of things like this. Why are they stuffing money I- into their pants, you know, in the men's restroom right before security, right? Isn't that something maybe you would have done ahead of And they didn't even tell Ben that that's what right. was going to happen, right? You know, so there are plenty of scenes like that. Yeah, it's a little... little uh, and I understand you're trying to make an entertaining movie for people who may not be familiar with what's going on. So, yeah, uh, we have a we have arrived to Hard Rock. Here's Hard Rock for James. Uh, rest in peace, yep. the original Hard Rock, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, we get a bad blackjack joke um, on basic strategy when one character tells another that he should hit that in reference to a uh, woman who was walked by. Uh, there is a they give it, uh, Mickey gives a little bit of a brief in the suite on what they're there to do. And I love they fi- he finishes the little pep talk with what's our motto? And everybody says, don't get caught counting. <laughs> Yay! That's everybody. the team motto. That's the team motto. Don't get caught counting. He's at his first real table and he's counting in his head as the cards go, which I think is actually probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Because- and again, this is, yeah, right. Cause you're, it, it's teaching the audience what yep. ca- card counting is and you can actually see what's going on. Yeah, I agree. That's a good scene. If anybody has ever tried card counting, you can resonate with this scene a lot. Yeah. And um, what I love is he goes to touch the card to say that he'll take a card, which I know he I know it wasn't on purpose, but I'm ahead is like that's actually a really good maneuver if you're trying to look new to the game early mm. in a shoot, yeah. right? Like like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um uh we end up and then we see a montage of them playing all night. We see them playing a red rock, Planet Hollywood, and Hard Rock. Uh they start calling for a monkey. He asked what a monkey is. I thought that was a nice touch. It's very yeah. blackjack culture. Um, and they they're they're supposed to not know each other. But in at least two scenes in his montage, two of the players are at the bar together. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're <laughs> supposed like, to, yeah. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, you, remember, you don't know each other. 
but we're going to gamble <laughs> in the hotel we're staying at and they're you guys are going to hang out at the bar yeah yeah um yeah whatever um he's in bed and he and he gets praised for uh, jill praises him for uh for how well he did he says it's just simple math and and yes that is it the biggest that I, I think the the I don't know the right word for it, but like it frustrates me when card counting is made to seem be like calculus, right? Like it's the high low counts is just arithmetic, right? You just have to be able to follow and it's more about memorization and following a groups of cards uh than it is about you know doing like there's always like the you know when in hangover there's always those math problems and equations right. going by his head. I just love that he's like, Yeah, it's it's simple math. Now they're trying to make it they're trying to show that the genius is dumbing it down but that but that had to be the most true thing that they had been said about card counting in this uh in this movie yeah that's true and i think a lot of card counters will tell you that the math is sort of the easy part it's not getting caught it's not getting backed off yes that that's the real you know game just like in sports betting where it's like once you figure out how to get your edge the hard part is not <laughs> winning bets it's getting money down right? <laughs> that's right yeah yeah uh we're back in the casino um, by the way, the whole crossed arm thing, that's not as subtle as they think it is. No, no. Yeah, that was not good. I didn't I, like that either. I'd be really curious to know. Uh, I'd be really curious to know if that if the decision was to do that because so it was really obvious to the audience and not because they thought it was practical. It could be. I don't know enough about the real MIT story to know if that's what they yeah. did or not. Just for people who haven't seen it, basically when the counters wanted to bring a big, one of the, their big players over to the table, they would signal them by just putting their hands, you know, behind their back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, it does make it pretty easy because we, as the viewers certainly can figure it out. And uh, Cole, is able to figure it out so yeah yep. plot point plot device um jill they're on the they're on the they're on the t uh presumably in uh in i think it's called the t right in boston uh jill tells a horror story about her dad losing to a dealer drawing to 21 they tried really hard to make it sound like some like war story but like you know how many hands of blackjack blackjack players play <laughs> you know like if your dad's if your dad's livelihood was was hinged on this one hand he probably was over betting the hand um there's a long montage going back and forth between Boston and Vegas, and it includes shots of Cole watching Ben and his team, and and they're in the surveillance room, and one guy is astonished to find out that Cole knows how to count cards. As as anybody has listened, if you listen to a lot of podcasts about advantage play and other surveillance, they say like like a lot of casino staff and surveillance are supposed to know how to count cards uh, to be able to uh, to to be able to follow. Um, he. He makes a comment for the first time in my life, the world made itself easy for me. And this dug me a little bit because I hate this idea that so so it's all you need to do is apply counting cards and you just make money. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, it's it's a show. It's Hollywood. Yeah. Um, he's trying to save up for Harvard Med and he's shopping at Louis Vuitton. <laughs> like I get to there. I, I, I understand the whole Vegas high roller living up the life. Did have we totally forgotten about Holly Harvard Med? Louis Vuitton's yeah. not cheap. It's yeah, not cheap. they they have again. You know, it's the it's the movie and the movie makers uh, showing us the glamorous side, right? You know, and and you know the that's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the first time. Oh yeah. Uh, here we go. And okay, at our at the at the minute mark of one hour, ten minutes, and roughly thirty five seconds. We see a Asian gentleman 
Standing at the blackjack table, he is the dealer. That, in fact, is Jeff Ma, uh, who is who bringing down the house is based upon. Um, Ben's character is a let is sort of supposed to be the lead of the blackjack team. Who, if you read Bringing Down the House, is supposedly Jeff Ma's character. Uh, if you've ever listened to Bet the Process, Jeff Ma co-hosts that with. Uh, Rufus Peabody, but Jeff Ma was a part of the MIT Blackjack team that destroyed Vegas. Oh, that's In great. fact, yes, and um, and he got in his role. I imagine he was some sort of consultant or whatever it was on on the movie itself. But he gets that role where he's the blackjack ta- uh, player for or the blackjack dealer uh, for that scene. Yep. Um, in fact, I I have list, I have heard Jeff Ma and and Gil Alexander in a conversation, and Jeff Ma making the joke. Well, you know, uh, Gil, I did beat Vegas, and it, <laughs> it has to be one of the more <laughs> one of the more amusing things I've heard uh, from a professional gambler. Um, the the other big player at um, uh, wow, I, my notes are really bad there. Uh, oh, here we go, and the final the final part of my thread here. Fisher sits down to play the other B. He wants to play the other big player at the table. And he says, look at this. Uh, this guy looks like Rain Man. And yeah. there it is. It is another reference to the most famous blackjack scene in film. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yes. Um, it, it, he's talking about Rain Man and how who how someone so retarded can win so much money. Again, I don't agree with the application of the words here, but that's what the the, the scene that's going on. And then it ends up turning into a spilled drink, which turns into a fight, which turns into a gunshot and just pandemonium. And just <laughs> within within seconds, Mark, we go from a spilled drink to someone firing firing a, a yeah. gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, the uh, Fisher is then um, kicked off the team. Fisher being uh, the the gentleman who was the original BP. Uh, the casino will change out their chips like MGM did after a Tyson fight. This is Mickey talking to his team, right? There's been, there's been this hoopla people like, so if people remember there was a, uh, a Tyson fight at MGM, the lights go out, I think, and people grab chips, right? And what are they going to do? They have to switch out the chips or else they're going to cash out like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I love this reference. This was actually a really smart Vegas reference, uh, to what has happened and, and what would happen in that scenario. And they they have the they're in the strip club figuring this out, and they have these strippers go cash out the chips. Now, this scene is referenced in bringing down the house. I don't know if yeah. this is true or not, but someone has told me that this is a bit of creative license from the writer of the book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I, and even though I agree that's a great reference to the Tyson fight the fiasco. I'm not sure why they're switching out the chips. That wasn't really clear to me because of everything they just won. I mean, there wasn't like a scandal with it. And and it's within 24 hours. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I, I, Again, plot device. That's fine. Sure. Because it does. It, it It is good for then showing how they give the strippers, the, you know, the chips to cash in. So that yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, we're in Jill's suite, and boy, can you ima- Can you just can you believe that view of Caesar's Palace that she has all the way from Hard Rock? <laughs> <laughs> Something, isn't it? Yeah. Now this is kind of what uh, James was talking about a little bit, right? Is that yeah? She says, "I've got a I've got a suite at Hard Rock." Yeah. And then it's clearly a suite at Planet Hollywood. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, and she's like, "Yeah, Hard Rock gave me a suite," and then all of a sudden, like the, the she's they're looking at the window, and there's yeah. Caesar's Palace. That's right something there. else. Yeah. Um, by the way, what's Ben doing stashing all of his cash in the ceiling? 
again, I get that he's you know, a dumb kid, but you know. with all of the mentorship that he's getting from Mickey, you think Mickey would at least give him a little bit of advice on how to not mismanage all this money. Again, it's to move the plot along the way they wanted it because yeah. ultimately Mickey steals it from him yeah. because it's up in, in the ceiling. And, and uh, I don't know. Is it lazy writing? I don't know. Uh, by the way, if anybody's thinking we're flying through this, is because I am on a, I'm on a time crunch before the the wife decides I never get to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're back at Red Rock. Uh, here come the emotions, and emotions mean automatic losing. Another pain point I have in this in this movie is, is the idea that as soon as you get emotional, look, I have made some really bad bets that have won that I, that I didn't, shouldn't have won, but they did because uh, a variance happens but apparently variance does not occur in movies about card counting <laughs> yeah, right. uh he keeps on pressing on he keeps on losing dealer draws to a very dramatic 21 i mean that last <laughs> card comes over and the violins and strings hits it's just very dramatic yeah you know what i don't like about that scene he's calling for a monkey and i don't think we mentioned it monkey is a face card you see it's it's more i think actually more in baccarat that you hear people kind of yelling for it but yeah. you do in blackjack too when you want the dealer to bust he starts calling for a monkey when the dealer has 10 yeah so this it's is just, you know, it's editing issue, yeah. probably just sound editing. But you don't want a monkey when the dealer's showing 10. And then, you know, it makes sense after that. But And yeah, you know, the whole emotions taking over, in as far as the story goes, it's really because he's had a falling out with his friends back in Boston who don't know yeah. anything about that. And that's how they kind of set that up. And, and, you know, I guess, again, moving the plot along. Uh Mickey makes a comment. You weren't counting. You were gambling. I call back to what he said before. Right. Um, and he leaves the team and Ben decides, tries to inspire the team to go play on their own. And he makes a comment. We're printing money. Oh, boy. I wonder how many aspiring card counters do you think came out of this movie uh, that lost well, all of their bankroll? <laughs> thinking you know that's the thing despite what ultimately we're going to say about this movie at the end you hear a lot of people say that's how they got into blackjack was watching this movie including some successful ap's so it's not just the people who went out and lost their money but for some this was the entry into the love for blackjack was seeing this movie yep same thing rounders did the same thing to a lot of uh, a lot of poker players yeah Yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah um and, uh, you know, I don't hear anybody saying that uh, that Let It Ride really got them into horse racing, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't figure that out. That's yeah. weird. Uh, Mickey rats out his team to the to Cole's surveillance team. And this another thing that bothered me. So the surveillance team, their last client is Planet Hollywood. That's where they're at. The team, right. the Blackjack team, is playing at Riviera. Where, and and uh, Mickey calls them and says, like, and, like rats them out. And they just show up at Riviera and start uh, they they back room and beat this guy at a casino where they have no jurisdiction or authority. It's, cl- it's clearly Riviera. We're not getting this wrong. They make it very clear that yeah. they're playing at Riviera. And exactly right. It just doesn't make any sense. <sighs> whatever uh there's a bunch of emotional scenes ben talks mickey back into being uh, a part of the team proposing that he be a second big player and so this I, I at the fear of possibly sounding woke i don't think this is even woke i think this is per, like like mickey for the second time in this movie makes the case that the others can't be big players and the first time he said it he specifically said the girls can't do it and 
Yeah. Not only do I find those statements to be obnoxious, from what we've heard Richard Munchkin say, they are the great big players because they're less assuming from from the, and so not only is it is it offensive, but it's also completely out of out of you know common sense for what blackjack teams have found success doing in the casino. That's okay. right. It's it's taking it. You're right. Good card counters can take advantage of racism. Yes, it, because you know the 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 worst example for a card counter is to be a young or a middle aged white man because they're going to get more attention. And it's true. If you're a, a, a woman of color in particular, you're not going to get as much attention. And so, yeah, it, so say what you want. You could be woke, but it, you're right. Realistically, it doesn't make sense either. Kiana should have been the big player the whole time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She should have been the big player the whole time. Yep. The, uh, they're, at the, they're at the blackjack tables, and they're going big. Mickey's disguise is amazing. It's, it, it, it was fan- It's really good, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Uh, they announced that they're splitting tens, which is very arrogant, right? Uh, in yeah. Anyways, uh, like we're splitting tens, we're doing it again. Cole is ca- Cole now catches him. He looks over, and he, um, I'm sorry, Ben looks over, sees the the hand the hand through the hair thing, which is a signal to get out. Then you pan over and you see Cole and his team coming through to get them, and they're quickly shoving chips into a bag, and they're racing through the casino. But it's a trick. It's a whole <laughs> trick. Uh, everybody has seen, uh, 21, uh, you know, there was a bag switch and there was a limo driver switch and it, and we end up finding out that it was a big plot for Ben worked with Cole to get to deliver Mickey. Uh, and, and then we find out that the chips that he ends up having to give to Cole at the end, isn't actually him losing all, uh, really losing all his money because he even recruited his MIT friends to get in on it. And they were making a bunch of money at the tables while all this was happening. Yeah. It was kind of, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was clever enough that I was entertained. Okay. Entertained. That's entertained. fine. Entertained. Yeah. 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 Whenever you are making a movie about real life events, you have to decide how much dramatization are you going to inject into it? And in this case, there was a lot uh, to the point where the story is, in some ways, almost unrecognizable. I think that the third act of this movie is just absolutely atrocious. Hmm. It turns into this morality play, crime thriller, revenge plot. And uh, I, I I didn't take many notes. I, I, it's a long movie. The movie's too long for the story that's being told. Thank you. And that last really half hour, it's like, come on, come on. And plus... You know, people aren't being taken into back rooms and beaten up. Okay, maybe it happened when the mob was running things, but it just doesn't happen today. Certainly not like the way that it was portrayed in the movie. Especially on a and... planet Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, right. Of all pla- planet, planet Hollywood should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. But no, this movie deteriorates so badly at the end. Now, okay, we're probably audience members who want to see more of the true story because we're really into gambling. I understand this movie wasn't written and made just for gamblers. It's for the general public. And you do have to, you know, add some dramatization to it that maybe doesn't make sense or maybe didn't really happen, but moves this story along. But I think this just goes downhill so poorly at the end that ultimately it's a, it's a thumbs down movie. Yeah. Uh, Look, I, I, when I agree too long, it took way too long to tell that story. Yeah. It is this, this movie is, 
if you take if you take all the movies that we have covered, if you take all the movies that are commonly listed in gambling movies, this is towards the bottom of the list of movies that I would recommend other people to watch, even gamblers, right? Like even yeah. like I I would I I'd tell a gambler to go watch The House uh, five times before <laughs> yeah, watching. See, and that's fine. It, I I agree with you here, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because the house we talked about it even though it's generally considered to be not a very good movie the gambling in it is all accurate we really couldn't find any problem yeah. with the gambling now i guess that's kind of the case here too they're really i didn't see any glaring mistakes or errors or anything but um yeah uh, it's i agree i, I agree i did yeah. the same um two problems well three problems that i have with this one uh you mentioned it's people getting backroomed for cheating Right. And on a strip property for count for card counting, very yeah. over the top. I mean, and okay, I'm sure that people's rights are still being violated in yes. situations like this, no doubt. But they're not being pounded to a bloody bulb. Yeah. Anymore. Where he's like changing his ring so he can get a better, uh, more paint. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, yeah. It's all. My, it's all based on look and this is for this is for the audience i get that i understand this but it was all based on running counts not true counts right like there was there was no no explanation of true counts which i think if you're going to talk about the complexity of, of card counting you need to involve true counts i think that's i agree part yeah i mean it's true there i think Lawrence fishburne's character does at some point say the words true counts he does. Right. So, I mean, it's brought up. How much do you want to educate the audience? How important yeah. is it to the story? It's probably not that important to the story. Another thing, too, you know, once you've been count card counting, you're not counting one card at a time. No, nope. you're counting like pairs, threes, you know, combinations so you can go faster. And yep. even when you're training. Yeah, they show them turning over one card at a time. Well, eventually you're turning over two cards at a time, three cards at a time. So again, that's not important for the audience, but it's the reality of card counting. Two misconceptions that every blackjack scene uh, that involves card counting seems to have, the movie 21 or others. One is that you always win so long as you don't get emotional, right? <laughs> as long as you apply card counting, you're just going to win. Yeah. And then that only gifted minds can do it. Now you yeah. definitely have to be talented. You have you have to practice, right? It's a muscle, and you do need to be able to to do multiple things at one time. And that's not easy for everybody. I understand. Right. I'm not I'm not yeah. trying to dumb this down, but this idea that you need to be an MIT grad, right, or anything like that. Like I, you know, uh, we know plenty of people who are just are just generally smart, like traditionally smart people who are very capable of doing this. You don't need to be some gifted uh, gifted mind. Yeah. My last issue with this movie, and one of the reasons why I don't recommend it to people, is it is uh, it is a whitewashed adaptation of the MIT. Like, it's inspired by this true story of the MIT Blackjack team, which is a phenomenal story. I mean, these guys beat yeah, yeah. Vegas. How, like, what, what else do you need? Like, that's the, that is the hook, right? Right. And yet the two Asian Americans that are on the uh, that are on the team seem to be sort of support characters. Although the, the rest of the cast is, is casted by uh, uh, by white people. And I thought it was a uh, knowing, you know, I don't know Jeff Ma, but knowing who he is. Right. I was like very disappointed. I was like, I don't feel like he was represented well enough. You know, like, I don't yeah. feel like this is a proper representation of someone who I think the gambling community really kind of uh, admires in, in a lot of ways. And um, I was disappointed. You know, I'd be curious to see 
how they would do it, how they would cast it if they did it in 2023. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 There's that uh, comment from Bogan there. Put that up real quick because this is interesting. I hadn't heard about this. Uh, a story of a person getting beaten at Luxor's reason of 2018. I was unaware of that as well. I, see, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is, okay, I could see somebody being physically attacked, physically abused in some way, but still not the way that was portrayed in the movie. I could yeah. see, you know, security roughing people up and and even maybe hitting, but you know, the back room tied to a chair, bleeding to <laughs> to a bloody pulp. Yeah, that's. But I mean, okay, like I said, you know, our rights, human rights, still being violated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, again, it was more to move this story along and to make it, you know, whatever they were trying to do with this movie. Um it is uh it is Black uh National Blackjack uh National Blackjack Day. Um what do you where do you put where do you rank blackjack on the list of of casino games like if you're going to be like when you in the probability of you sitting down to play any game on a trip to vegas whatever like how far down the list is blackjack i guess it's pretty far down the list for me uh these days certainly blackjack was my game of choice when i was younger absolutely uh and it's not that craps sort of overshadowed i guess it did to a certain extent but yeah it's it's uh, my complaints are like a lot of other people's complaints in this community you know just the people at the blackjack table it's uh, it, in a lot of cases it's like they're not even having a good time right you know they want to criticize your play or you know things like that so i don't enjoy it as much as i used to now at the same time if i'm bringing a novice player with me to a casino I might have them play blackjack first, or I actually, I might have them stay, play stadium blackjack first. Yeah. You know, something like that. So, um, you know, blackjack is still going to be the most popular game, I think, because it's very simple and people feel like they have some control over it. You know, they're making a decision as opposed to, say, Bach or, or anything else. Oh, I can hit or I can stand. Um, and it's still a beatable game. So, but for me personally, yeah, I'm not very often at a blackjack table. Uh Chances y'all ever play Keno? Boy, do we ever. Uh, oh, yeah. Mark, Mark, and I mean, I know Mark. Mark plays uh, just about every <laughs> chance he gets when a casino offers it. But uh, I remember uh, going to. I remember being in the Keno lounge with uh, with uh, with Mark up at Fox or Fox. Yeah, yeah Foxwoods. it was Foxwoods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, Mark. I think we did it. Um, yeah. Look, this wasn't a comprehensive. Like I knew there's there's a ton, there's so many other blackjack scenes that we could pull from. What I loved though about this set is that each one of them referred to Rain Man. Yeah, isn't that uh, great? And, you know, yeah. that's it's become that famous scene. It really has. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know what we're doing for the next one. Uh, I haven't I haven't decided on that, but uh, I assure you, it'll be just as good as, the, as they've always been. <laughs> All right. Excellent. <laughs> have you watched Thanks, anything? Dude. Have you watched any more of Poker Face? No, isn't that funny? No, I haven't yeah. watched any more episodes. Just I've got so much TV to watch. It's on my list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. March 15, Ted Lasso, baby. There you go. All right, Mark. It's been fun. Thanks, okay. everybody. See ya.